Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day focuses on the people who are making coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. You know, last week was an incredible week on Coast View. We had uh, the live show from cruising the coast from Town Green at, there in Biloxi. We, we looked out over that incredible group of people visiting our area, and um, there was a lot of pride. I, in my conversation live with Fofo Gillish, the mayor of Biloxi, we talked about that pride and the fact that, you know, the mayor really didn't have to be mayor. <laughs> he, he felt like it was sort of his civic duty after being raised here and having been given so much of this, this uh, uh, by this great city that he is just his, his, his turn. And he takes it seriously. And uh, he's so committed to that. But, you know, to watch the mayor look out over uh, that that crowd of people having such a good time, it was just amazing to see. And he, he calls himself the tip of the spear. Not actually. He didn't take himself too seriously, but he gets it. He gets that the mayor is a representative. The mayor is the guy behind the scenes who's trying to pull all these different pieces together. And as we learned in our conversation with the Captain Brian Dykes from the Biloxi Police Department, the, the intricate traffic plan and the interoperating agreements between the cities and the counties and the, and the uh, uh, first responders and all that to pull off something like the uh, cruising the coast is amazing. It really is amazing. And then, you know, I, I, I can't help but think about the couple of times that we had Woody Bailey on the on the, on the the uh, show. Woody Bailey, Bailey is literally the father of cruising the coast. He gets significant kudos for sort of being the glue to bring it together. I love the way that Brian Dykes uh, sort of described him. He said, you know, I see Mr. Woody as a duck, calm on the surface, and inside, his legs are just moving like crazy. And I thought, wow, that's a that's an interesting way to describe Woody because he is this kind of cool, calm, collected guy. I walked around the cruising site in, in Biloxi with him, incidentally, and got to meet some cool people. One of the guys who was on my show, let's see, his name was Barry uh, Orbor. He's from Louisiana. And he joined us on the show, and he wanted to, us to see his wonderful Cadillac that he had built, beautiful car, I might add. And he wanted to do a picture with, with us, and we visited with him for a second. But as Woody and I walked down the road, people just knew Woody. Woody was a celebrity. They, they Oh, I've been coming here 20 years. I've been coming here 10 years. I know you. You're the guy. Woody just shakes people's hand and moves on. He's so humble about the whole situation. But cruising week was uh, was a, a, a great week. There were an uh, incident or two along the way that, unfortunately, we had to deal with. But all in all, a record-breaking uh, situation and uh, glad for all the great leadership that we had. So now let's turn to today's guest, uh, my friend, the CEO for the Gulf Coast, uh, Gulf, uh, excuse me, the, uh, the Gulf Coast Chamber, almost said Business Council, Adele. But anyway, Adele Lyons is a longtime friend, been on the show so many times. And let me just first of all say, how you doing, Adele? I'm doing good, Ricky. Really doing well. You're right. Last week was, um, it's fun. It's interesting. It's crazy. It's busy. Um, you know, all in all, turned out great. So we're having to pre-tape this show. The truth is, if we were actually doing this show on Tuesday, you would be where? I'd be in Paris, France. What do you tell me about that? Well, um, my brother-in-law uh, works for Disney Theatrical, 
which is the uh, part of Disney where they do the Broadway shows, like many people have seen, the traveling shows. And so he's working on a show that's going to open. It's the 25th anniversary of Beauty and the Beast is showing in Paris. So he's there working. My sister Reggie is with him. They have an apartment, which means there's room for a guest. And uh, away I go. So um, I'm heading to Paris for a week. Um, and we've got a full plan from morning to night to uh, see all the sights and do everything and eat lots of good food and cheese and wine and just, you know, enjoy the experience. I probably should have them both on the show at some point. They would have some stories to tell, wouldn't they? They do. You know, they met working for Cirque du Soleil when they were traveling with Cirque. Uh, Reggie is a PR uh, in the PR department and Dave is a technical director. So, yeah, they've got some stories to tell. And Reggie's had some tremendous, she's traveled all over the place, hasn't she? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so let's come back to cruising for a second. Um, all right. Over 9,000 cars registered. Uh, you're talking about another 1,500 Woody estimates each year that don't actually register, that just come down and enjoy. And then you have all these locals that are involved and all of that, the coordination between the cities. Um what I, I what I've come to uh, what I've come to say about it, Adele, is that it is the largest outreach event that Coastal Mississippi is involved in. When you think about people coming from all these different states all right. at one time, visiting the entire collection of communities that make up Coastal Mississippi, I can't overstate how important it is, can I? No, I mean that. You know, it started out where people stayed in hotels and motels and parked their cars. And then it grew into this, um, the largest campsite we've probably um, ever seen that spreads up and down the coast, where people started many years ago with their RVs and the tents along the highway and uh, barbecue grills and et cetera. And some are people that are there for the whole week, as you know. Some are people that um, walk down the street from their house if they live somewhere near Highway 90 and plop a tent down and go sit every evening and just watch the cars go. But that's hotel revenue, that's food revenue, they're in the grocery stores, they're, uh, you know, they're in the Walmarts and the Targets picking up things they either forgot or need. They're in the boutiques and the uh, gift shops because that's what you do when you go out of town. You go see what, what attractions there are and what shopping you might want to do in these specialty shops. Um, you know, they're spending money. Uh, they they leave the place clean when they go. Generally, um, it's not a big mess after a week. And it's um, it's just a boost for our economy, but it's also just a boost for for our community. And I think that we get to play the role of a host, where the you know hospitality at its finest during cruising the coast. It is a, it is incredible. I think about like for example. Outside the Harrison County area, but you really speak to the whole one coast thing. But as you as you begin to add uh, stops like Moss Point, for example, and I said on the show many times as kids, we grew up and we knew we were, we, we were near Moss Point because of the, of the paper mill. But right. that's not been there for a long, long time. And they have such a great strategy to, to really take advantage of the I-10 corridor and this beautiful downtown area, you know, this riverfront downtown area. People don't generally, as Woody pointed out, view Moss Point sort of as this tourism stop, but it has become that because it's a beautiful downtown area. And right. the stop for cruising in Moss Point in particular, Woody pointed out that it was just incredible. It was just, you know, people enjoyed it. The, the, the merchants, their, their business was booming. 
But no matter where they stop, this is what people say. This is the story they say, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I don't don't think you can't go anywhere in town where you don't run into somebody who's here for cruising. And um, when we were at the Sea of Stars on Friday night um, for the drone show, the chamber was down there selling beverages. You know, I had a guy come up and he said, hey, how do I get, I live in Lafayette. We've got a great location like this, a big town green. How do we get one of these? Uh, you know, how do we get this drone show? And he was enjoying it. They came early for that. Um, you, you know, they they like to chat. We like to chat and visit. We give people ideas of where to stop. They come into the chamber office. They call the chamber. Um, you know, unfortunately, some folks call looking for hotels at the last minute, and we have to tell them, hey, that's few and far between to get a hotel. If you didn't pre-book one, there's there's probably not one for you, especially as we come into the week, you know, the last weekend. Right. It's it's really incredible. Like so, somebody uh, with Jeff Duncan, who, who joins us every Friday to talk about the Saints, he said that he was going to, he said, you know what, I've been really working hard this week. I'm going to I'm going to go rent a house in Bay St. Louis this weekend. And he called me yesterday and said, <laughs> yeah, that was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Not a place available anywhere in coastal Mississippi. I mean, you're talking about a booming event. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You, you know, back in the beginning, you probably could have waited and maybe got a hotel a day or two before, but that is not the case now. It is packed solid everywhere. And, uh, you know, which is great, which is great for us uh, all the way around. It really is. Uh, you know, Adele, I love spending time with you because you have such a sense of things. Um, before we get done with our conversation today, I want to I want to talk about leadership Gulf Coast. You guys just had sort of your initial meeting, uh-huh. and um, I got a note from uh, Keith Williams Jr. Uh, about Ashley and I doing a session about I think the future and tourism and whatever else people want to talk about. I'm I'm actually looking forward to it. Frankly, I'm retired now, so I don't really have to say yes to these. And I told jokingly told Keith, he's my son-in-law, as you well know. Yeah. Um, I can't say no to him, but I would have definitely been involved in this effort because I believe in what um, what what you guys mean when you say leadership development. I mean, whether it's Jackson County or Harrison County or Hancock County or the master's program from from the business council, these leadership programs are critical. And I want to give people a flavor of that. And uh, I think you've got some other really important upcoming business uh, um, events coming up. I want to chat just a little bit about the coastal uh, Mississippi tourism situation and why thinking as a region is so important to us. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll hit all those topics coming up here in a second. When I come back, we'll continue our conversation with Adele Lyons. Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. You know, again, I tell you this all the time. Some of the coolest, funnest conversations happen 
during the breaks. <laughs> we, we ought to probably take a lot of those conversations on the air because people were, would really enjoy them. But the, the, sort of the, the, the essence of the conversation was that Adele was longtime friends with my wife's family, the Bahanovich family. She went to school with uh, Lisa Picard. Lisa Bahanovich Picard and sister, they were friends forever. So we just kind of laughed a little bit about what it used to be to, you know, this kind of this at the Bahanovich house was sort of this social center where people came. Like, for example, Adele, the thing I remember so much about that house, which unfortunately was destroyed by Katrina, was when, you know, all the the uh, pastries were made, the, the Croatian pastries and all of that, and they would have the table made up. And then all of the Croatian Christmas carolers would come by and sing all that amazing Christmas music in Croatian. And, and so many of those people are not long, no longer with us. But, man, that was just like you're talking about the culture of Biloxi playing out right in front of our eyes. It was amazing, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. We used to go help um, make pusheratas and the um, the struda and the pineapples and all the, the goodies. We would sit there and help make those. It was always fun. You know, I was in high school then, and, and that was still a fun thing to do, was hanging out and doing that. And then that continued, you know, through the years of going there. And it was always a big party, always tons of folks, um, always tons of food. Never went hungry, for sure, ever. Never went hungry. Never went hungry. I loved it. I mean, it was a, it was a, what, what I liked about it was that as I sort of became part of the family, to, to really appreciate that culture. And I, obviously, Anna and I have since been over to Croatia and Fofo and I have had entire f shows together talking about the history mm -hmm. of Biloxi, uh, of particularly as it relates to the Croatian community. But it was just fascinating to me to touch that history and that culture and to become a part of it. Now my kids are, you know, they're part Croatian now. And I'm really proud of that. But it's great to have that family connection, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, um, you know, Anne's a year younger than me, so she was in school with my sisters. Um, Peter's in school with one of my my sister, Reggie, that we talked about earlier. And so, and Mark was the same age as my brother, Stevie. So we were just always in it together and brownies and softball and, uh, you know, slumber parties, the whole nine yards. Well, okay, so Coastal Mississippi is a big place. <laughs> But never forget, if you forget this, you've made a big mistake, a very big mistake, that it's a small town at the end of the day. Somebody's related to somebody Absolutely. somewhere. Isn't Absolutely. that true? Absolutely. <laughs> Always. It's, it's Always pretty somebody's amazing. Somebody's cousin lurking around. <laughs> for sure. For sure. How well I know that. How well I know that. But anyway, look, let's talk for a second about the regional tourism effort. Um, I've tried to stay relatively measured in my my observations of the situation. And, uh, you know, they want to they want to you know throw some cast some stones at me for bringing a focus on it. And that's fine. But it's more than me focused on it. I mean, there's a large number of really important business leaders that are terribly concerned about it. And it's not just the regionalism thing that's being threatened, but it is also this whole notion of having a structure that enables two or three people to, to literally change the course of history for an organization that should be independent and should have their own board governance and whatever. I know you've been watching it closely, but we really, at the end of the day, when all this is said and done, we have to maintain a regional tourism approach, don't we? Yeah, I was certainly saddened to, um, to see it all unfold the way it has. 
you know, Milton, um, I received an email from him. I sent him an email after the fact. And he said, he said, you may not remember, but you're one of the first people that I had met when I came, started work. I think he was the third day, second or third day, at least the first week on the job. And he came and spoke to Leadership Gulf Coast that you mentioned earlier um, to Economic Day to talk about the impact of tourism on the coast economy. And he, you know, he said how welcome he felt and um, how it, it was great to see a program. And so, you know, certainly in many communities, the chamber is the tourism office as well. Um, for our community, that's not how it's played out. We've had a separate economic development agency and we've had a separate tourism agency. But we work together, I mean, just hand in hand all the time. Um, you know, any time Milton had things happening that we needed to be involved with or vice versa, um, it just always flowed very well. We have a lot of our members that are in the tourism industry. We get a lot of phone calls, even though we're not the tourism agency. We get a lot of phone calls and we refer folks to restaurants and amenities. And then, of course, a lot of the staff and, and the, from the tourism agency are board members are involved with the chamber. So, you know, almost going back to what we were just talking about, we're all related and it does come back. It's a small town and we all work together. It's just, um, you know, the regionalism side of it just made so much sense. So I'm really hoping that we can see that continue um, and, and we can continue that partnership with the organization. Well, I know, I know whether, whether it's talking to people like Tish, Tish Williams, from the Hancock County Chamber or Paige Roberts from the Jackson County Chamber right. or you from the Coast Chamber or Ashley from the Business Council or Jonathan Jones and Travis Lund from the Gaming Group co-chairing the effort for the Business Council. I don't, I, it really doesn't matter who I talk to. I don't see any single person who's out of alignment with what the goal is. So somehow, somehow, the people involved in this effort to sort of take a step backwards, they got insulated somehow. They, they, they lost track of who the stakeholders were. And in fact, when the stakeholders spoke up, when the stakeholders spoke up, they said, if you don't shut up, we're going to back out of regional tourism. It's just unfortunate that this thing played out this way. But, you know, I haven't given up. You know, I, I respect many of the people involved in this from the Board of Supervisors. And I think sometimes leaders just get misguided. Sometimes groupthink takes over. I don't, I don't know what the causes of this were. But I know there's a series of steps that we can take, starting with tweaking and improving, maybe legislatively tweaking and improving. Right. But ultimately, if none of that works, I, I recommend general legislation and blow it up and let's go with a new, new approach. But, you know, that's down the road. I can assure you that we'll get, we'll get uh, leadership um, we'll get leadership cooperation at the highest levels of the state to, to solve the problem. I hope none of that is necessary because that sort of suggests there would be this long-term fight of some sort. But the dust won't settle on this issue, Adele. This is this wow. is one. This is one. You've been around a long time, and I've seen some big issues in coastal Mississippi. I've never seen the kind of alignment there is on this one ever. I've never seen the kind of alignment. Well, I think there's some, um, you know, if you want to kind of maybe come up with a comparison or look at it a different way. I mean, what if the Gaming Commission came in and all of a sudden made significant changes, um, you know, regarding regulations or, or something to that effect that really was going to have a huge effect on the gaming industry? I mean, just look at the impact that would have on the Gulf Coast, the number of jobs, the 
just our our brand um, of what people know the coast to be and why people come to the coast. I mean, there's just a correlation of that back to tourism. And of course, gaming and tourism go hand in hand. Um, but we've got something here that works. Uh, you know, can we get back on track? Yeah, we get back on track. That's that's kind of that's kind of where I want to be. Um, you watch that now infamous three minute video from the supervisor board of supervisors meeting, and you get a sense that that the, the snickering and the laughing and the digging in that it's like they don't want to hear other people's voices. They've forgotten who their stakeholders are. And I hope. Listen, I I get it. Everyone has a bad moment. Everybody. Everyone can have a bad moment, but I hope that in the in the quietness of their thoughts, when they're alone with themselves and they think about the relationships they have with all these people who are involved in this, that they say, you know what, we're not in the right place. We got to be in a different place. So many of them, frankly, I go back so far back with so many of them, and I can't see how they got so crossed up with so many people. That's what amazes me, actually. And they've got a chance to fix it. Hopefully, they will. Well. Uh, you know, I'll leave it with this. Um, generally, when you serve, either publicly serve or you're asked or appointed to serve, you're really looking at it. You should, to me, the theory is you look at it for the greater good. What's the greater good? 100%. I can't agree more. I can't agree more. Hey, look, let's uh, shift gears. Okay. As I mentioned at the beginning, I talked to a lot of, I have talked, you know, with numerous guests over the, the whole uh, stint of COSU that one of the most powerful things that we do is, is we have these really formal, intense, months-long leadership programs. And they are, they are incredibly important, not just because it enables us to find people who are up-and-comers who can be involved in future leadership opportunities for, for, this, for the coast, but it also is a great way to acclimate them on how the coast is this collection of communities that somehow comes together to find our common issues and becomes the most powerful region in this state. With Chevron and Ingalls on one end and Stennis Space Center on the other end, Mark Henderson said to me last week, you know, he's such a smart guy, but he said, you know, more PhD, you know, the number of PhDs in Hancock County rival the rest of the world. There are more oceanographers in Hancock County than the rest of the world. But to be able to tell that story through the leadership programs is so darn important. So you guys just recently had sort of your initiation of Leadership Go Coast. What I want to do when we come back from the break is talk about what that was all about. And then what's, how does this thing unfold over the next several months so people can get a sense of, you know, how much energy you put into this and the volunteer leadership of it. It's really, it's really quite significant. We also had a passing of a very dear friend who missed this year's, for the, you know, obviously since he didn't, he passed away not long ago, but I want to, I want to mention him as well. So we come back after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews, brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Supertalk 103.1 FM.
Welcome back to Coast. You have Adele Lyons, the CEO of the Mississippi Gulf Coast Chamber, the Coast Chamber. And uh, when we went to break, we were starting to talk about leadership Gulf Coast, which was recently this uh, not this class was kicked off. They do it at Longleaf Plantation. It's a terrific sort of offsite meeting with lots of brainstorming and team building and all that. But this was a kind of somber one and not so somber. And, and Adele will explain that in just a second. But there was a special friend that Coastal Mississippi had over so many years. And unfortunately, he passed away recently. So why don't you talk about Brent, if you don't mind, Adele? So Brent Henley is a guy um, who is a consultant, a facilitator for leadership programs across the country. And he, when the Leadership Gulf Coast program started in 1991, Brent facilitated that first opening retreat and then at the end of the session, the closing retreat. And he did, has done that over the years for almost every single year. I think he missed one or two. I think the Katrina uh, class, um, he wasn't able to participate in one other year for some reason. But ultimately, 30 years, he has been the facilitator for the opening retreat, which is the um, the, when the class meets each other, when they come together, they start forming themselves really as a group into some small teams, do a variety of activities. It's an overnight retreat. And Brent just really set the stage. But then he also worked with a lot of local companies who he met those folks through Leadership Gulf Coast. Of course, Roland Weeks was very involved in the beginning and in, in bringing about Leadership Gulf Coast. I know he worked with People's Bank. Um, you know, just a variety of companies um, across the coast, Isle Cree, um, back in the day, pre-Golden Nugget. Um, his style, uh, you know, just he's originally from Oklahoma, but lived in Louisiana for a long time. So he loved Louisiana cooking and good food. He loved smoking his cigars. He loved some good scotch and um, bourbon and um, really had made some great friends here. He spent a lot of time here on the coast working with those various groups. And he had gotten to the point where he had so many friends here. When he came, he didn't stay in a hotel. He stayed with his friends. Um, you know, several of them, uh, uh, Mark and Becky uh, Jenner, uh, Dennis and Annette Burke, Christy Pickering and, and her husband. There was just a variety of folks that he called and said, I'm coming to town, can I stay? And everybody was happy to have him. It was always just, he's a great guest, somebody you could talk to just all day long. Yeah, um, Ashley, Ashley Edwards wrote a great piece about Brent. And so, I mean, everybody did. Dennis did. You know, they all they all reflected in these wonderful, you know, sort of global conversations they would have over some nice bourbon and that cigar. And people would post a picture of the of the bourbon and the glass and the cigar in honor of Brent. But it was, uh, you know, I hadn't seen him in a long time. And as I mentioned off the air, there was just got like this this rush of memories about Brent's contributions to Coastal Mississippi over all those years. And I was really, I was actually stunned that he was still involved in the way that he was after all of these years. So God bless him and God rest his soul. But he, he had a partner that has really sort of embodied a lot of what Brent brought to the table. Tell me, tell me about that. Yeah, Dr. Steve Fowler worked with his company, the Pyramid Group, and he's been involved with the Jackson County Chamber doing their opening retreat. So he knew the drill. He kind of knew some of the exercises. And I had talked with Steve via Zoom about taking over the program. And I had, um, you know, we had shared some emails. And when we got there, it just immediately we both hugged each other like we were old, fast friends. We had that connection of Brent. But then just from talking, you could just tell he knew what we wanted and what we needed. 
and he had a lot of the same presentation styles and mannerisms and um, it just worked. It clicked. And that was just helped. You know, I just felt so much better because I want the class to have the ultimate experience. And Brent was the ultimate experience and certainly it hasn't been replaced, but it's um, it's been a good fit and it gelled really well. And, and I was very happy how the opening retreat turned out. Was you know, it's a testament to it's a testament to Brent. And yeah. I, I can't I can't help but think about the book Built to Last, where it says when you have a transform you know the book, but when you have a transformational leader, uh, sometimes when they pass away, that there's they don't leave sort of the value the these the enduring values that enable the company to continue to move on. But he obviously did a great job of embedding that into his company and pass those on so that the spirit of Brent can can continue to live on. And it's just a wonderful testament to Brent. But I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised. No. Are you? No. And as a matter of fact, we're planning the Leadership Gulf Coast alumni um, events for December the. Fourth, I believe I might not have that date right, but we're actually going to do a celebration of life um, for Brent because everybody who participated in the leadership program knew him. And yeah. the thing is, he knew everybody. He could remember your name. If you had been in the program 10 years ago, when you walked in, he'd say, well, there's Mary and how are you doing and what's going on? And, you know, that always blew my mind that he could just remember things about people. He just was very... Um, very much a people person, very much, and really just took it all in. I don't know how he had room in his brain to remember all that, but he did. So you had the first class. I mean, not the first class. You had the most recent class that went through this acclamation. Um, you know, what, what, I bet you leave that every time with, with saying, wow, wow, we've got some great leaders coming up in this community. You know, I always say I'm going to go to Longleaf and there's the facilitator and then the, we have the program chair, which is Jacobius Pickett this year. And the co-chair who will follow along next year is Leslie Kelly with Community Bank. And I always say I'm going to leave it to them and I'm going to go sit in another room and I bring some work that I'm going to do. I end up sitting in the session the whole time just listening and learning about the folks and being part, you know, kind of a uh, being a part from the back row of the really the program. And it's it's amazing. And you'll see people begin to share um, their experiences and, uh, you know, things about themselves and why they came to the coast, why they stayed here, and those types of conversations. And it's always just so interesting. It's always so engaging. You know, and uh, I always think about my friend John Harrison, which I, I quote him often. But, you know, George Slogel said this, Jerry St. Pay, Roland drove this into my head. I said it often. But the way that John talked about it is that you just don't go lead the coast chamber. You have to do your reps. You have to find your volunteer role and, and play it, maybe work your way into a board, go to another organization so you can change your perspective, go through leadership programs like Leadership Gulf Coast. But by doing that, we're preparing the future leaders. And look, I mean, as, as we know, because you and I were involved in so many leadership roles over the many, many years, it's a heavy lift. It's a heavy lift to be involved at a high level. You have to be you have to be willing to and able to deal with multiple personalities. There are there are private sector and public sector people that might be involved. There, but you know there there you have to know a lot about nonprofit law at times because there are things you can do and there are things you can't do depending on the formation of your five hundred one three whatever. 
it's uh, it's it can be complicated. So it takes time, doesn't it? And you get it. You get an opportunity to see people who've already begun to flex their muscles and do their reps, and now they're kind of taking a step up to really see sort of a broader vision. And uh, you know, Coast of Mississippi has done a good job with this uh, since we set out to do this, haven't we? Yeah, leadership Gulf Coast is is really in some ways it's a it's a team building, you know, to build your team. Um, of folks that some of them they'll go in knowing people so they learn more about them and others are complete strangers and they're making those connections and those connections stay for a long time. Those are people they'll they'll go back to and rely on. So it's a community awareness program so that people they'll say I've lived here my whole life and I didn't know that or I've never went to that place or I didn't know this organization existed. Um, so it's just really an eye opener for people who are not from the community. Same thing for them. You know, they, they didn't know because they weren't around, but they're just learning. And so if you're going to be involved in the community, this really gives you every level and layer of the community so that you can understand. So something like uh, Military Day, which is coming up on October the 20th, you know, it's the it's the it's Keesler, it's the CB base, it's the. Um, the National Guard, the role that they play here in the community, which is pretty large with some of the, you know, facilities. People know the ones that are obvious. You know, you drive by and can see Keesler. They know the, the CBs um, from just their work they also do in the community. Um, but there's some other installations people don't know about. There's some government contractors. And so just, and then of course the economic impact that the military has on the community and the retirees. Now, unfortunately we can't go to the armed forces retirement home this year due to COVID, but folks who've never been there, that is, uh, that is something to see. That is a true gem and a treasure on the coast. Um, not, I mean, the, certainly the facility, but the personnel that are there, the, the folks that are there, the stories they have to tell. Uh, we always kick off with military day. It's just such a, you know, proud to be an American, so proud. Of everything we do here on the coast for our military, but we go on through, of course, the other sessions. But it really takes somebody who's they got a little hankering and they want to be involved in the community, and it really just you know kind of gives them their shot to move forward and how they're going to continue that trajectory as leaders in the community or being involved in the community. It is so important to see. You know, I talk about the role of the military on Coastview all the time. It's, just, it's, it's their direct economic impact. It's the quality of the people that they inject into the into our into our community, both in terms of those who are enlisted, those who are un, not enlisted, those who retire here. It's very significant, and they're here in so many different ways. Literally, every every branch of the of the armed forces. It's just incredible their contribution and what they do from this base of operation to make contributions around the world is really, really incredible. But that's just one example. I mean, you think about Ingalls, and you think about the Stennis, and you think about the blue economy, and you, it's incredible. Hey, when we come back, we'll talk about some upcoming events coming at the Coast Chamber. We'll, we'll continue with Adele after this break. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Adele Lyons, the CEO of the Coast Chamber. And, uh, you know, the last segment, we spent the whole segment talking about the leadership programs here in coastal Mississippi. 
and our path, the passing of our dear friend Brent Henley and his contributions to Coastal Mississippi. But as I said, you know, he left his company in good hands, and hopefully, we'll continue to move forward. And sort of that great experience that that Brent created will now be in the people who take it from here, and we're excited about that. Um, hey, listen, before we move on to the sp- events that are coming up, if someone heard this conversation about Leadership Gulf Coast, how do you get in Leadership Gulf Coast? Well, it's an application process. Um, it's about a four or five page application, so nothing to be done at the last minute. Certainly, the uh, applications will open in the spring, so usually it's in late to um, mid-April-ish. Um, they're open for about a month. They're due in early May. Um, there is a tuition fee for that, but there are some tuition assistance programs available for the pro- for the program. There's a class of 38 that's selected. Uh, we always have more applications than we have spots. Um, so you don't have to be a chamber member to participate or and apply. And it's just a great opportunity to, you know, as we said over and over again, to really learn more about your community and to get involved and really grow professionally um, from a development standpoint. Yeah, I would strongly recommend, actually, because <clears throat> it is competitive. It would help you. It's not, a, again, it's not a last-minute application, but it would help you to see the application so you can see what's being asked of you. And <clears throat> and, and if, if you if your analysis of yourself is that you may fall short in some areas, you've got a chance to shore that up before you actually go through the, through the process. So if you're interested, contact the Coast Chamber, and I'm sure they'll share the application with you. Absolutely. So we have State of the County Address coming up and several other really interesting events. So why don't you kind of fill me in? Yeah, we have on October the 14th, um, Breakfast with the Mayor um, in Long Beach. So Mayor Bass will be giving kind of a State of the City Address. That's on October 14th at USM. Um, That's always a good event. Mayor Bass is a very active and involved mayor in his city. Got lots of plans, lots of things working there. Um, So those are always good to attend just to keep you up with what's going on. Of course, our young professional group's got something fun coming up. They're going to go out on the Ship Island excursion boat uh, for a sunset boo cruise. So it's kind of a a networking opportunity with a Halloween twist to it. That's on October 20th. Um, One that I really think people might be interested in is our Breakfast with Business Champions. This is put on by our Diversity Council. That's on October the 22nd at 730 at the Community College at the Hospitality Resort um, Awareness Center. And we've got four different speakers talking about aspects of starting a small business or running your small business, particularly focused on uh, minority small businesses. So we've got everybody from Mercedes, from El Agave, to Sean Pittman from Past Christian uh, Books and and the Cat Island Coffee House um, that'll be talking about small business. Um, got a guy, I don't know if you've met, Dr. Greg Bradley. He works, he teaches at USM. He also is a consultant. Um, with Bradley Research Group, he's going to be talking about the entrepreneurial mindset. So how to think like an entrepreneur, even though you maybe work in a corporate setting. How do you work and think and use entrepreneurial characteristics within your department to help grow that department and yourself personally? So um, Dr. Bradley is going to be with us on October the 28th. That's from 830 to 930. And the last one I'll mention is our co-shown professionals has their Ignite Leadership Conference. So this is an all-day event uh, where they're having folks um, offering to the young professionals to come together. They've got um, the importance of personal branding, uh, discovering impactful industries. So as you were talking about earlier, we've got some industry 
feds that are going to come in and talk about why these industries are important on the coast. Um, we've got a, a mentor roundtable. So we've got, a, I think it's five or six different mentors um, that will be coming in and, and sit down and tell their story and lessons they've learned and tips and tricks. And that's going to be on November the 2nd at the IP. That's a Tuesday, so that'll be all day long. So always good things happening. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Check out our website. Give us a call. Um, there's something for everybody. If you're not a chamber member, we'd love to have you. Most of these events are open to non-members, so you can kind of dip your toe in and see if this is for you and um, go from there. So keep so in the wake of the in the wake of the pandemic, how has membership done just overall coast? Coast Chamber membership? Well, we really saw a dip early on, and now we're back where we were uh, actually a little ahead. We're about 960 members. We're a little ahead of where we were, um, you know, when, the co when COVID started. So we definitely saw some small businesses, some other companies that are, hey, we don't know what's going on. We're not sure what we're going to be able to do. Uh, but we've seen a steady increase. We've seen lots of new members joining. And so it's on the rise, um, getting back to our, our high numbers are up near a thousand. So we're getting back in that in that arena. You know, and I'm, I'm not surprised to hear that because uh, we're coming to the end. We have less than a minute left. But I, I'll say this, that having the opportunity to visit with you throughout the pandemic, knowing the focus that you put on small businesses, you were sort of this clearinghouse for all this information, whether they were a member or not. I mean, your focus was on saving their businesses, giving them the information they needed to make the decisions they needed to make, know what programs were available to them, and on and on and on. When you take that point of view toward your business community, whether they're a member or not, it pays off. People see the worth of your organization. That goes back to the greater good, Ricky. You do it for it, the greater it, good, and it comes back to to work out yeah. well for you. I, I would say the pandemic drove the point home that the Coast Chamber is as strong today as it has ever been and is in, in no short measure to a great board, an incredible staff that you have working with you and your leadership, Adele. So thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, Kyle. Be safe on your international travels. We'll see you when you get back. I will. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.